tonight. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me. <laughs> Welcome to Unsigned Hype, episode four. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Jennifer from Chicago. Prior to her interview, I asked Jennifer which song she would play for someone that wasn't familiar with her music yet. Jennifer chose her song Pickup Lines, and if you're not familiar with Jennifer's music yet, here's a snippet of that song before we jump into the interview. This is Unsigned Hype, and the song you just heard is called Pickup Lines by Jennifer, who is joining us from Chicago today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. Jennifer, why is Pickup Lines the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? Um, I would play Pickup Lines because I feel that people that haven't heard my music, that's always the first song that they find. Uh, it's been a song that I've been like running into the ground, performing everywhere since like 2017. Uh, and it's just really catchy. Uh, I think the acoustic feel is like a really good vibe, easy on the ears. And then the hook, just the, you know, falsetto just gets people like right away. So that's that's probably the song that, you know, I would play for somebody. You know, there's a there's another song that I was that I was listening to uh, called "Touch You" that you released a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I this probably wasn't like a metaphor for your music career, but there's there's this thing you say on the hook, which is like, you know, this is not a race, and it made me think about you know music careers and artists who some artists who want to get to the top very very fast, and I'm wondering with this this idea in mind, um, where are you now on your journey? Where do you feel you are at if we consider this to be kind of like a, a run or we take a metaphor for your career, basically? Where where are you now? I think, um, I think I'm coasting right now. I think for so much of my career, like I was always trying to like race to that next moment or to that next like big accomplishment or that I really forgot to like really enjoy the journey. I didn't appreciate uh, where I was at certain moments. And I think recently I've been trying to do a better job of slowing myself down and just really immersing myself in experience and enjoying what I make. Like I released something uh, yesterday called Pity Party. I had to really like just sit and listen to that. Like, yo, I made that. And I don't, I don't do those moments enough. Like I feel like we're always trying to catch like the next high or like that next like validating moment. But right now, I'm just really just kind of sitting back and just in awe of things that I'm able to create myself right now, and just enjoying what I make, what I sing, what I see. So yeah, as far as like racing and on this. I'm just, I'm coasting right now. Like, I'm just enjoying where I'm at musically. Do you have your own understanding of where this feeling comes from to do things so fast and to get to the top very fast? Did did you ever think about that? I think for myself personally, I put, I'm like kind of a perfectionist. And so I put these like 
crazy, like, I set these crazy standards for myself, like, just feeling like, and I think social media plays a part of it, too. You know, you're watching everybody around you, and you think that everyone is just, like, passing you by. Like, everyone is just like, well, this person is doing that. Oh, well, this person got this done. And it's like, you look at yourself, and you kind of feel, like, defeated. Um, I realized that, like... I can't really compare myself to anybody else. And as far as like, I think your question was like realizing, um, what was it realizing? The question was mostly, because I thought it was really interesting what you mentioned about, you know, this this hectic aspect behind building a career and not really taking the time to enjoy your craft and what you've put out, but really always thinking about the next step. And yes. what made you realize that you that you needed to take a step back basically oh, yes, and, and where this and especially where this need comes from to do everything so fast and i think you mentioned something really uh, really interesting already is that this feeling of comparing yourself to others a lot mm -hmm. makes you want to do things faster and better than others obviously right yeah and i think i think that has a lot to do with like the the social media coaching and me just watching everyone around me and just feeling like i'm not doing enough when it's like ultimately like you are You, you know, just mm. understanding what my lane was and just staying in that lane and going at my own pace. Um, mm. I really realized that, like, probably before I moved, like, right when I moved back to Chicago, I had a lot of time to think because COVID had just happened. And so everything kind of shut down. So I had nothing but time to, like, think. And I'm like, man, I really, I don't think I've ever really slowed down. Like, I'm just always trying to keep up with, other people and it's like mm. nah just focus on yourself that's the you know that's the most important part i want to get back a little bit to the to your starts and if we mm -hmm. look at your discography for example on spotify the first song that is on there that you've put out was your single murder in 2012 oh, oh god so I listened to that song and you could also hear a lot of evolution from there. And I, I'm wondering if you could take me back to, well, first of all, it was that probably wasn't the first song you recorded, right? No. no. The But first where were you at that time? <laughs> Man, I, I used to work with this, uh, I used to work with this producer in Chicago and we used to like come up with like crazy stuff. And I, I can't even remember where I was like mentally when, when, when I made that. Um, I, I cringe when I have to go back and listen to things. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to things from that far. Can I ask you a real quick question? Yeah, why is sure. that? Why do you, why do you, why do you cringe? What uh, is it about th that song, for example? It's just, uh, I was just so young and I feel like my voice was just like so immature. I hadn't, hadn't matured yet. Um, <laughs> And it's just, I don't know, when you get, when you start learning things and you get better and you get better and you get better, it's like you go back. I'm laughing because it's like, I can't, re I can't remember that song. And it was just, it was so good to me at the time. Like, I was like, this is so, this is so great. And it's like, <laughs> I go back and I listen to that stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this is so awful. Ah, that was a long time ago. That's It funny. was. <laughs> it was and and I think it was even around that time that you you moved from Chicago to New York, right? Like 2013, mm -hmm. 2014. Yes. Yep. And so what what I don't know if you can even answer the question because it's there might be no reason behind it, but I'm wondering 
also because I've talked to artists about the meaning of Berlin to them and coming to Berlin, as I mentioned to you earlier, before we started the interview, mm-hmm. the the creative power that certain cities have. Like, what what did this move to New York? Um, what kind of impact did it have on you and your career? And was there like another world opening up to you when you moved to to this pretty iconic city, also in terms of mm-hmm. music, which Chicago is as well? But mm-hmm. what did that move do to you from f- to New York? Oh man, it it made me grow up. Um, New York will like eat you up and spit you out, and it gave me like a like a hustler mentality because that's really what I felt like I was doing when I moved there. I felt like I was so green. I would just like say yes to anything. I was like, I want to work, I want to work, I want to work. And it was, I was performing every day. I was going to work every day. I was writing and it uh, it helped a lot as far as like my business sense, because I didn't really, I had a little bit of that like in Chicago, but I had a team of people that I was working with in New York until I didn't anymore. And it was just me managing myself, promoting myself, planning my tours, making my merch, uh, recording my own music. Like I was literally wearing all these hats. New York just turned me like, I think it's like a better business mind. It kind of gave me a little tougher skin with, with, with dealing with other people because people like to take advantage of you in this industry. But, uh, it also kind of ran me into the ground. I'm not going to lie. It was very stressful. And I don't think I could really, I don't think I could have honestly admitted that until I left. Uh, it taught me what I didn't want to be ultimately. Um, mm. But And you just left recently, right? I left in 2020. To me, when I looked at your story and your journey a little bit, it seemed like New York did a lot. Like you mentioned the shows, you mm-hmm. mentioned... Um, oh, yeah. I think you you really started playing a lot of shows, and and I, I want to get to that in a little bit. Was New York also the city that that you've recorded your first album in? Because I think Tale of Two Cities was the first official official release mm-hmm. after like a couple of songs that you had released between 2012 and mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. I think Tale of Two Cities yep. came out. A Tale of Two Cities um, had had like a combination of songs like done in Chicago and in New York. And it was mostly an album just of me and my experiences um, in between that time of being becoming acclimated to, you know, to the New York world. With regards to Tale of Two Cities, I thought it was really interesting because I hadn't seen that before, that an artist um, at, at that, I want to say, early stage with, with this being your first album, you decided to put a live album out immediately, right? Immediately oh, after yeah. that, which was a live album of... A tale of two cities, and I'm 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 very curious to hear why why you made that decision. Like, why was it important for you to put that album into a live version? Um, because around the tale of two cities, I was doing a lot of live shows with the band. Um, I had developed like this relationship with my guys, and um, I always wanted to do like a live album. So I said, "Yo, let's just go into the studio and like record a live album." And that's literally what we did. I I didn't really have like this whole well we just released this so we probably shouldn't do this so like I I wasn't really thinking about that I was more so just like really enjoying like making the music we did everything mm. in like once uh, one studio session we shot a documentary for it as well so it was more just to have like that content and uh, and those like memories of doing that with them yeah yeah and I and I 
I feel like for you performing and everything that is live still, uh, mm -hmm. 2018 especially with you, you know, you performed at, at Minton's in Harlem, I think. And, oh, yeah. Uh, which is a very iconic jazz club. And mm. it, it seemed to me that you were performing a many times live and putting a lot of emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. how, how does that work? How do you find these venues? Like, how do you connect with the people that give you the opportunity to perform, perform live as much as you did? In New York, it really happened like every time I performed at one place, somebody was there from another place and was like, can you come perform here? It literally happened like that all the time. Like I would walk into one place and I, I would perform and somebody from another event would be like, well, I'm going to be here this weekend. Do you want to? And I was literally like performing in a new place like every week. But then there were times where like I, I booked my own show. So I would like do research and be like, Oh, okay. Well, I've I've never performed there before. I think that looks like a nice venue. We should do something there. Because uh, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to pay a promoter. I'm just going to book my own shows, book my own tour. Um, Minton's, though, was crazy. Like, I just went there because I knew it was a legendary spot. Mm. And the guy on stage was from Chicago. And he let me sing with them. Like, that wasn't even my show. I just got asked okay. to come on stage and I was just like, whoa, because I, I don't know any, I don't, I'm not well versed in like jazz or anything. So I was yeah. very afraid, very nervous, but that mm. was like a once in a lifetime opportunity. That one was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you feel a direct impact on your overall career from performing live so much at these, at these mm -hmm. venues? Yeah, I think it helped me. Um, I think it helped my artistry a lot, honestly. Um, playing with the the people that I played with, like my drummer, uh, had a saxophonist. Everyone around me was like super uh, knowledgeable when it came to like music theory. I learned a lot. Like performing live it just gives you better, better stage presence, um, better interaction with the crowd. I was learning instruments. Uh, it helped. It helped a lot for my artistry. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then the the streaming numbers for your for your first album, Tales Two Cities, went up quite a bit around that time. I think mm -hmm. you know you did a hundred thousand streams almost. I think almost a year after it came out. And, I think uh, so. Yeah. This brings me kind of to the question of of numbers for you as an artist. How how important are these numbers? Like, how do you look at numbers a lot? Is this something that you that you you put a big focus on in your career? Um, I started to put a big focus on it when other people around me started making it a big deal. Uh, I try not to look at the numbers because honestly, like, it'll drive me crazy. Um, I know that. In what way? Because I feel like it goes back to that whole sense of comparing yourself to, to others when a lot of the times, like, I would rather my numbers just be organic. So if I compare my numbers to like somebody else and they have like millions, millions of streams, you know, you feel you feel this this small, you know, you feel inadequate. And so a lot of the times I just don't even try to to look at them like that. But but I do. I do celebrate when I see growth. Mm. So when I see when I see growth in numbers, I'll check like every couple of months or something. When I saw that my Spotify numbers were growing, I was like, oh, okay, like I could actually like do this. So I, I do celebrate like the the small, but as far as like 
I try not to make my life about numbers mm. because I just think that that's like a miserable way to move about in this industry. How do you define your own success after this, you know, run that you've had and that you still have, by the way? I mean, you still put out music, you still perform at shows, people still want to hear your music. Um, when do you feel successful with everything that you're doing? When I'm happy. Um, I used to feel like, you know, I had to gotta have this many followers and I have to have this many streams and, you know, I'm I'm happy when like a few people just tell me like, yo, I really like the I like the song. If people are engaging with it and y'all listen listening to the music, you know, that feels good. I'm happy when uh when something's completed. Um happy when I get to perform. That that's that's success to me. Like if I could put like if I could just put a few dollars in my pocket, I could pay my bills. My wife is good. I'm good. Then that's successful. That's success to me. Being able to like eat. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. And the performance, the performance thing that that we we were talking about um, earlier. The you know the the many different venues that you did before mm -hmm. before Corona hits. Uh, that came kind of to a to a halt with with quarantine. And I was really, really impressed to see that, you know, like, I what I loved the most about, you know, I mean, if you can love anything about Corona and the quarantine, what I loved is how how creative artists like yourself became to kind of keep things going. <laughs> yeah. You know, you did like live performances on, mm -hmm. on Facebook during lockdown. And um, I think you even started learning to make beats. Yes. Um, How was that period for you, and and uh, how did that impact you as a as an artist? That was a crazy time. <laughs> that was such a crazy time. Uh, I just I just try to keep myself busy because everything shut down in New York. Uh, we had plans to go to like Boston, Boston, uh, Buffalo, New York. We had like more shows lined up, and then COVID happened, and then it was just like like nothing. Um, so I was just still trying to do things like to just keep like the music moving. I had started like learning how to produce in like 2019. So before COVID happened, like late of 2019, I had already started um, producing. COVID taught me that um, that I could do it myself. I always felt like I had to go to somebody else for the music. Hey, can you make this for me? Can you do this for me? And it was like, it's just me with MPK in the house with a bunch of samples and everything you know at my fingertips so i just started making beats and cabin fever one two and three came from mm. you know me just learning how learning how to do stuff uh and just doing it myself i shot visuals myself i did everything myself during that time yeah all self-produced i read that about the cabin fever trilogy that you that you ended up putting out how did things change for you as an artist with that realization like compared to the time before and why why do you believe it's so important to be able to do everything yourself is that a necessity as an artist um i like it's it's not a necessity because you you know no man's an island right so sometimes it is better to outsource and get help. But I think just the flexibility of being able to pick something up and just play it yourself, I don't know, that's just a creative freedom to me. 
uh, and creative freedom is is important. That's a necessity for me. And why do you think that um, that you weren't able to do that before? What kept you from from coming to that realization before COVID? I think I, you know, I had a producer like so. It was just like, well, I don't ever have to do this. I always have somebody to do that for me, and it's like, but I didn't at mm. the time. So, like, what are you gonna do? You gonna wait for somebody to do it, or you gonna get busy? <laughs> you gonna get in here and start making stuff? You know, I chose that the the latter to get busy. What was that hard? Because I I imagine with everything that you start doing that you've never really done before, it takes some time, and you need to oh, research yeah. a lot and talk to a bunch of people. What was the process like? It was a lot of like um, tutorials and, but a, a lot of it was just like me just vibes. It's hard. It's still hard. Producing is is not. It's not getting easier. Like I'm still you know learning like different instruments. I'm still learning different DAWs and stuff like that. But it's fun. It's fun mm. and I and I enjoy it. It feels good. But um, the process in the beginning was it was it was difficult. It's kind of like when you mentioned like um, murder. Mm. So like I go back and listen to like some of the first beats <laughs> that I made, and I'm just like, mm. like you know, cringe again. So, but I don't know. It it was a it's a fun process. It's it's still a learning process, but. And is there you something know. that you've learned that now today you don't have to go to anybody else anymore to ask them for for help? Um. Is there anything I've learned today that I wouldn't have to go ask for help? Yeah. Or within that process, like something that you, you couldn't do yourself before and today you can easily do yourself. Um, no, I still think that there are things where I could still, still ask for it. But do I? I mean, I, you could always ask for help with things, but I guess when it comes to like recording myself and I don't really ask for help for that i just do mm. it um mm. but there are times where you know hey this beat is missing this so let me call for help let me get somebody to play the bass or i can't really play the, that guitar part that well let me call somebody and have them lay that down so mm. i think that i think you'll always have situations where you could call for help but there are times where i trust myself more in certain situations where I don't have to. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And th this leads me to my to my next question and this this could be this could be tough because I looking back and at at a at a process and at a at a career path is is you know the reason why things have happened the way they've happened is because it was just meant to be like that, but I'm wondering if there's something that you yourself today think you could have done better for lack of a better words to be more heads in your career today without measuring necessarily where you are and whether it's good or bad but just mm. in your own thoughts basically is there something that in the past you could have done better to be more ahead today on your journey um yeah i i guess i mean there's there's a It's probably certain people that I probably wouldn't have taken along. But then again, it's like I don't want to blame any situation for where I, where I am now. 
because I'm not necessarily upset at where I am. I think everything happens for a reason. Mm. Um, if there's anything I could have done differently, it probably would have been to love on myself a little bit more. Um, to take care of me, uh, to focus on like my mental health, because I think I got to a point where I wanted this thing to like happen for so many people and for like everybody around me that I cared so much more about making that happen for all of us than, you know, taking care of myself. So if, if I could have done anything differently, um, I would have loved on myself a little more in the beginning. Yeah. Thanks for also rewording that because it sounds much nicer to say you could have done things differently than better. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that, that's a very, very good way to put it. Mm -hmm. What is this thing that you just, that you, that you talk about? Where, what is this, what is, what do you envision for you and other people that you want to make this thing happen? Is it the big stadiums? Is it the millions of dollars? Is it the, <laughs> The fans that greet you on the street. What is this thing in your own words that you want to get to? That's a good question because every time like growing up and I would talk to like my friends and or musicians or anybody, everybody's like, you know, we, when we get on, when we get on. And it's like, what is what does get on mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> what 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 does that even mean? And I still to this day, I feel like I can't even tell you <laughs> what that means. But like this thing that like I was chasing. I guess it would have been like stadium status and like, you know, so, so celebrity status where you like can't walk down the street and, uh, you know, crazy fans and crazy money and, and all, and, and all those things. And I don't necessarily care about none of that <laughs> anymore. Um, mm. my, my ultimate thing, and I mean this like 100%, my ultimate thing is just like happiness. I just want to be happy with what I do. Happy with what I make, happy with what I put out, happy in my life, in my relationships. Cause it's like, yeah, do I want to sell out a stadium? Hell yeah. But like, you know, what artist doesn't want that? But that's not my thing anymore. If I get there, then you know, that's, that's amazing. But I don't want to get there and be miserable. Like, and that's one thing that I learned about being in New York. I was miserable. Like, I'm ha I'm happy at this at this point in my career, and that's that's all I want because that that feels good. Well, that's very very nice to hear. I was just going to ask you if you feel happy today, mm. but mm -hmm. um, you've just answered that, and and yeah, yeah, that's good I to do. see. For for people that listen to this and that that hear your hear about your journey what are some of the in your own in your own terms some of the biggest challenges that artists like yourself with where you are now and where you want to go have on a daily basis to to get to that place of happiness um well i mean i can speak from my personal experience like it's probably best to understand like who you are as an as an artist or like why you do it what's your why because i think that that gets challenged a lot on the road to whatever your happiness might be um 
understanding like why you even do it in the first place. Like what's your why? Um, there might be certain people or certain things that might stand in your way. Um, it might look a different, a little different for everybody. Uh, yeah, but I think I think just ultimately it starts at the core. I think it starts at the core. You've recently graduated. I yes. think relatively recently. Yeah, like uh, May 19th, I think. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Magna cum laude, I yeah. think, in fine arts and music. That's incredible. When I when I saw that, I was I was uh, wondering about this extra sense of security that people sometimes need in their life, which is why they might have a second job next to uh, pursuing a career in music, which is why they go to college. Why was that important for you to do that? You ask really good questions. You ask so, you have some really good questions. I'm enjoying this. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I went back to school because, remember we were just talking about like, you know, there's always more to learn or like you're, yeah. you're probably always going to need help with something. Um, mm -hmm. It's with the production part. I didn't know music theory. And people say you don't need to know music theory to become a producer. You just don't. You could just know vibes and, you know, hear things. And so you don't need that. I wanted it, though. I wanted mm. the the theory because I'm like, I don't understand how chords work. You know, I don't understand why why this sounds this way. Um, and so I went back to school. And uh, I just went, I went back for, for two years. I got the, you know, whole theory knowledge out of the way, oral skills, everything, voice lessons, the whole shebang. But I needed that, like, I needed that knowledge, that background, because I wanted to become a better producer. So that's why I went, that's why I went back to school. And in hindsight, it, it, it most definitely did something to you as an artist, right? I mean, oh, uh, yeah. it's something you would, most likely recommend to others that want to pursue a bit of or or get more knowledge um yeah i i do i there there are a lot of people that are disagree with me and say you don't need music theory but like yo just learn it just mm. learn it like if you're already dope and you already got the vibes like learn a theory it's only gonna it's it's not gonna hinder you it's it's gonna do it's gonna do nothing but make you better that's that's what i think But, you know, I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, this is, this is a great, uh, this is a great uh, starting point to, for my next question, which, which goes a bit into the direction of, um, of advice. What, if someone's tuning in right now and is just getting started making music and, you know, thinking about following their passion and becoming an artist and making a living out of this, what advice would you, would you give them? If they're just starting out? Hmm. Um, just uh, practice and learn something every day. Uh, if your craft is like beat making, well, who's your favorite producers? And like, why do you like them? I just learn something, try something, try something new every day, learn something new every day. At least try to like work on it once a day. Um, because then you'll just look up a year later and you'll see so much growth. It's just like, keep at it, keep working at it, learn as much as you can. Like, I feel like at my graduation, um, the president of the school was like, 
you know, who are our forever learners, like our forever students. And I'm a forever student. Like I try to learn something, read something, do something like every day because I enjoy it. I enjoy learning. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to become an artist and you want to, you know, pursue this lane, just whatever your craft is, whatever your specialty is, like just work at it, practice it like every day. Who are your artists that you would recommend to to the listeners, to artists that who are on that path of just getting started or who might already have a career, but who deserve more attention in your opinion? Do you have some people in mind that you want to shout out here? Yeah, I was actually, um, I was actually thinking about that. You know, there's this, there's this guy um, who I think is like a phenomenal singer. And um, I think he's a, a pianist as well. Oh, he says producer, composer. His name is Denzel Lavelle. And uh, he's from Chicago. I saw this guy one time uh, at, at, a, at a club here. I can't remember the, uh, the name of it. And he just like, he was a hell of a performer live too. I'm like, I'm talking, oh my God, this dude was so <laughs> dope. Um, that's one guy. There is this other uh, artist that I like that I've seen perform a couple of times. His name is Ben Moana. Mm -hmm. um, I saw him play at a So Far show. Great musician, great vocalist. Just, just people that you feel like should be bigger that just are not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even then, like, what is big anyway? Exactly. That's the first question. What is big? But if what is big and what is not? But on the mm -hmm. other hand, I'm wondering in because that's really interesting that you said that um, people that should be bigger than they are. Do you have your own understanding of why some people get big and others oh, yeah. don't really get big, or it might take a longer time to get there? Mm -hmm. You you well, I think that sometimes, sometimes people go viral. Sometimes people are in the right spot. Right. Uh, seen at the at the right time uh some you know it's just their that's their moment that's their time um but then it i kind of got to go back to like well like what's considered big like i don't know it's all subjective mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's all subjective now that i think about I agree. it um yeah that that kind of that kind of stuck stuck me like right there like well what is big What is big when you think about it? Because everything is about social media following and everything nowadays. And yeah, it's a lot about numbers. But you yeah. know, there might be artists who who might not have the numbers who could be really big to me because I love them so much and I've listened to them every day. And I, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're they're massive to me. But they might yeah. not have the millions of streams. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's it's difficult to put a put a finger on it. Why? Like how to define that? Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, you've you've touched upon this. You've touched upon this a little bit, but as a final question, I still would like to ask you, what do you do it all for? Oh, because I love it. I mean, like, since I was, since I was like a little girl, like my, my sisters say that, like, I was like three or four and I would just pop up singing. Like, I would be asleep 
and then music would be on and then I would just pop up and then start singing the song and it would scare like the shit out of them I'm sorry I don't know if I can curse have I been cursing absolutely you can oh okay no not at all but (laughs) you you can you can you can okay so I've been singing I've been singing since I could since I learned how to walk probably I do it because I I I really enjoy it um there's just something about music that like makes the my the hair on my skin like stand up when I hear a good harmony or like uh, a good guitar lick or something or you know it's my outlet so it's where it's been my outlet since I was a little kid like to just go and write something make something sing something um but it just it just it makes me feel so good when I can when I can make something, sing something, perform something like it's in my blood. Um, it's just you know it's a part of me. So that's that's why I do it because I love it. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for this incredible conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, you're awesome. So keep doing your thing and. Uh, Really Thank enjoy you. the music that you've put out. Thank you so much. This was Unsigned Hype Episode 4 with Jennifer, and the track you're hearing right now is called The Humming Song. You will find the song in the Unsigned Hype podcast playlist, along with all other songs discussed in this episode. Make sure to support Jennifer by checking out her music and following her on social media. And for your weekly unsigned hype, make sure to also follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below. <laughs>